0: Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. We want to kind of, this morning, make this an atmosphere like your front room on Christmas morning, okay? And uh, the problem is, I get a little excited, so I don't want to do that in my own front room. But open your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 1, as we talk this morning. Matthew chapter 1, that was the whole story. Of Christmas combined in that little skit. Didn't they do a great job? Give them a hand as well, will you? Fantastic. Amen. Matthew chapter one. We've been looking at um, Christmas carols the last couple of weeks, and uh, last week we, we we went in on, on uh, Christmas carol, and uh, t- today we're going to look at "O Holy Night." That's the Christmas carol, and there's one sentence in the lyrics that we're going to bring out and talk about. Uh, last week, we talked about, oh, come all you faithful, and this morning, "O oh, holy night. Let me read to you the lyrics. "O oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared... And the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. Now, this is the phrase we're going to zero in on this morning. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Now normally when we talk about the Christmas story, of course we're talking about the baby Jesus and we're going to talk about him, but we really emphasize Mary, and we did in the song here, and rightly so, she was chosen by God to be the mother of our Savior. But what I'd like to do this morning is kind of zero in on Joseph, because Joseph, this was a time of weariness for Joseph, all right? Matthew chapter 1, let's look at a couple of verses here. Uh, look at verse 18, if you have your electronic devices. If you have your Bibles, you probably can't see because we had the lights dimmed a little bit, uh, so you might not be able to see. But if you have your your electronic devices, your phones, you can look this up, all right? Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to begin to read in verse 18. Now think of that one verse in the lyrics, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. So think of the word weary. Joseph was weary. Look at verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was yet a virgin, still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Ghost. So so Mary comes to Joseph and she tells him that I'm pregnant from the Holy Ghost. And what does Joseph say? Right. (laughs) Right. Can you imagine? I mean, it never happened before. It's never happened since. Okay, so he comes and says, she comes and says to Joseph, I'm a virgin, but God has impregnated me. And, and, and so I'm pregnant. The King James says that she was found to be pregnant. Okay, you wonder who found her, right? And so, so here she is, she comes to Joseph, and Joseph just doesn't believe this story. Listen to what it says. It, verse 19. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. King James says he decided to divorce her because uh, uh, the engagements in Jesus' do- time wasn't like today. It was like a marriage. Okay? And so, and so here they are, engaged, basically married, And she comes and tells him, and he's pondering to divorce her. He did not believe her. He believed that she went out on him. Everybody see that? He believed that Mary was unfaithful. Can you imagine the turmoil? I mean, put yourself in this position, all right? Try to calm down. Put yourself in this position. This is our family room, right? All right? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Your wife comes to you to be, and she says, I'm pregnant, but I haven't been with anybody. What are you going to (laughs) say? Right. And you're going to be devastated. Joseph was devastated. And he was pondering all these things in his mind. And notice what verse 20 20 says. As he considered this, what was he considering? What people are going to say, you know, he was considering his anger. No doubt there was all kinds of things going through his mind. And as he pondered this and was thinking these different thoughts, should I put her away? If I put her away publicly, the worst case scenario, they're going to pick up stones and they're going to stone Mary. That's what, that's what happened. That was the severe case back in, in Jesus' time. So he didn't want that. So I'll just divorce her and quietly do it. As he's thinking about this, all of a sudden an angel came to him in in his sleep and told him that what Mary has told you is true. The Holy Ghost has come upon her, and she is carrying the Son of the living God, and I want you to name him Jesus. When he woke up, now he has a little bit more to think about, doesn't he? So he's pondering all of this, and he decides, listen very carefully, he decides to believe the truth... Over the circumstances. He decides, no matter what the situation looks like, and it looked pretty bleak, amen? Everybody with me this morning? It looked pretty bad. So in spite of what it looked like, he believed the truth. In spite of what people were going to say, in spite of what he felt inside, you know, because you know, this anger and this betrayal that he felt on the inside, it was all based on the premises of a lie. He lied to himself, didn't he? No, Mary's not truthful. She she was unfaithful. And all of a sudden, when the angel comes, all of that's gone. I mean, I'm sure the feelings are still there, and he still wandered a little bit, right? I mean, still, yeah, okay, I'm going to believe. So the anger and the worry about what other people thought, all that was based on false premises. So what he did, he decided to believe the truth over the lie. Now, this Christmas story is applicable to us on every front of our lives. And we're going to bring it down to where the rubber meets the road. So listen in very carefully. As you're in your front room and your dad's, of course, I'm too young to be your dad, right? But as your dad is giving you the Christmas story, lean in, all right? Don't let Satan pull you aside and distract you this morning. Lean over, lean into the truth of what the Bible's talking about, okay? This Christmas story this O holy night is applicable to you and I. Alright? So I want to go to an Old Testament man as well. We have Joseph, part of the Christmas story. He chose to believe no matter what he thought, no matter what he felt, no matter what the circumstances, he chose to believe the truth. Now I want you to go to Lamentation chapter three. All right? Or you can go to the screen. We're going to read some verses. We're going to look at Jeremiah. All right, look at Jeremiah and uh, look at what he was going through. Kind of read the story. It's it's so similar to Joseph and it brings everything right to where we're at. Verse 19, Jeremiah says this. The thought of my suffering and homelessness, now, now notice this, is bitter beyond words. What in the world was Jeremiah going through? Jeremiah, now listen very carefully, Jeremiah had just watched Babylon come and take Israel captive and take millions of Jews, prisoners, and slave slaves back to their own home country, back to Babylon. That's what happened. And not only did they take them, they murdered hundreds and possibly thousands of Jews and tortured them. And now he's looking at Jerusalem and the streets are barren. That's why he says homelessness, everything is is destroyed. Then look at verse 20. I will never forget this awful time. It was a time in the history of Jeremiah's life. As I grieve over my losses. I mean, so Jeremiah is is grieved. He is devastated over the, the sequence of events that have just taken place. He was weary. Just like Joseph was weary, Jeremiah is weary. Just before we jump into this, how many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you find yourselves on different times in your life where you're weary? We all do, don't we? We all find ourselves in certain times of our lives when we're weary, when we're devastated where we're depressed where we're the weight of everything's too heavy for us we all find ourselves here now i want you to notice the next verse 21 this is fantastic all right mark this down yet i like that i mean he just described the worst time in his life this is a time that i will never forget then he says yet i still dare to hope now let's go back to joseph Joseph, when he believed the truth about Mary, I mean, he was weary, he was depressed, he was angry with Mary. I mean, he was devastated over his wife's unfaithfulness or his future wife. And he was weary. But when he believed the truth, there was hope and there was rejoicing. Here we find that Jeremiah is weary and yet he has, what's it say? Hope. When I remember this. So there's something he's going to remember, and we're going to get into that. There's something he's going to remember that brings him what? Say it with me. Hope. Well, let's try it again. Ready? Say it. Hope. Hope. Just, just to keep you engaged here, all right? The word hope doesn't mean what we think it means. Well, I hope so. Maybe. Not sure. This hope means confidence. All right? It means I know this is going to happen. And so what Jeremiah is going to remember is going to bring him great confidence, Now, let's jump down to verse 24 real quick. I want you to look at verse 24. He's not only thinking in his mind and remembering things, but he's also doing this. I say to myself. Normally, when somebody talks like that, we want to put them away, right? When they're talking to themselves. They always say, uh, you know, it's okay to talk to yourself, but when you answer yourself, that's the time for the straitjacket, right? That's what people say. I don't believe that's true. I believe from the people in Scripture, they're always talking to themselves. And they're always answering in their mind to themselves. (laughs) So he talked to himself. Now, what was he talking to himself about? I'm going to give you five thoughts. Or five things that, that Jeremiah, listen, that was talking to himself about that literally gave him hope, that gave him confidence in the Lord. Five things he says to himself. Now, again, he's looking in the mirror, so to speak, and he's saying, Jeremiah, I'm telling you these things, and it's going to give you great hope. So he's speaking the truth to himself. All right? Speak truth to yourself. That's what Jeremiah is doing. That's a pe- fantastic principle. Speak truth to yourself. Say it with me, all right? Here we go. Church, we're going to say Are together. Ready? Speak truth to yourself. Speak truth. I mean, that's what Jeremiah is doing. So so what was he saying to himself that brought him great hope in the face of the death of many Jews, in the face of the torture of the Jews, and in the face of all of these, no doubt, family, friends, all gone off to, to, to bondage? What could possibly give him hope? Look what he says in verse 22. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. The first thing he says to himself, he says, Jeremiah, listen. He loves you. is that good? I mean, with all that's going on, in spite of the circumstances, he's looking up to heaven and he says, God loves me. Isn't that good? God loves me. And then he goes to the second thing. Look what he says in the same verse. He says, God's love never ends. He loves me. I am, the, I am the apple of his eye. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't want people are saying about the Jews. I don't care what they're saying about me. I am the focus of God's love. See what he's doing? He's reminding himself, and he's speaking to himself this great truth, which would have never happened if it wasn't for that oh, holy night. He's speaking to himself, God loves me. The second thing, same verse. He says, his mercy never ceases. He's kind. He's kind to me. He loves me and that will never stop. He's always kind to me and that will never stop. Then he goes on. And I'm not, he's, he's guy, but it, it, it's fresh every morning. Look at verse 23. Great is his faithfulness. Number three, the, sec, the third thing he says is that God will never turn back on his promises. He is faithful to me he loves me he's kind to me and he's faithful he will never go back on his word and the fourth thing he says is he is my inheritance jeremiah saying he loves me he's kind to me he's faithful he is my inheritance he's my future so so i want to put a, a verse revelation chapter 21 just to help you see a little bit about what your future and my future looks like, our inheritance, all right? Look what it says. You have a revelation? Okay, here we go. I heard a loud voice shout from heaven saying, look, God's home is now amongst his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself, now I love this, will be with them, all right? Plain English. Now look, look at verse four. It says this, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes that's our future that's our inheritance the future looks bright can i hear an amen Amen. and there will be no more death no more separation no more of our loved ones ever leaving us they're always going to be there no more sorrow crying nor pain isn't that great you get my age just getting out of bed and getting going in the morning is painful right josh when you get our age, amen? All right. And then I love this. All these things are gone, what's it say? Forever. That's our future. That's our inheritance. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on in verse 25. He says, The Lord is good. So now he's good. This is our inheritance. Facing the devastation that took place, he's saying these things. He says, God loves me in spite of the circumstances. God is always kind to me no matter how I feel. God, God is faithful no matter what everybody else says that God has left us. God has forsaken me. He doesn't love me. know what? He's never going to turn back on His word. We need to remind ourselves of this. Okay, so now let's draw a conclusion. What's this mean to you and me? Well, we already talked about and fessed up that all of us get weary. Amen? We all have our down times. We all have our up times. Yay! But we also have our weary times. So so let me give you five thoughts on on, on where speaking to yourself can change you and give you confidence like it did Joseph and like it did Jeremiah. Five areas. That you can speak truth to yourself. All right? Number one, when you are weary... In the face of temptation. Think back to a time when you, when, when you were brought to the edge of ready to just give up and go ahead and sin and 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 just jump in. Remember a time like that? When, when, when you're right there and you're at the edge and should I? Should I not? That's the moment that you have to speak truth to yourself. Well, what truth? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. Just to give you an example. Speaking the truth will change everything. It will give you confidence. It will give you rejoicing. It will give you hope. Okay? Look at this verse. Now, Moses, of course, is deciding whether he's going to jump in with the people of Israel, whether he's going to stay rich with the Egyptians. He chose to share oppression of God's people instead of enjoying what? The fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, I like that word fleeting in this translation. Okay, King James says the, pleasure, the, the pleasures of sin are for a season. That's what King James says. Here it says they're fleeting. That's exactly right. You know, when you're at the edge and, and, oh, it feels so good to sin. There's joy in sin for a season. All right? In other words, here's the idea. That thought, that pleasure of that whole bag of chips that's, that's my, uh, my problem. Anybody have a problem with chips and cheese and salsa? And you, you go to a Mexican restaurant, it's just sinful. I mean, it's just wicked how they do that. They just keep bringing chips. They don't stop. It's horrible. Okay. You know, you're just in that pleasure. But guess what? That, that pleasure doesn't last. <laughs> you get, you're walking out to the car. Oh. The point is, the truth is, It's fleeting. Give you an example of this. I mean, a real life example. Okay. We'll call him Freddie. Freddie, uh, several years ago, good friend of mine, already saved, came to our church. Um, great family, great family. Uh, he had two boys that were huge Husker players. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. Both of them played on the on the Nebraska. By the way, which is going to be great for the next five to ten to twenty years. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Got a new coach. Don't, don't you even care? Hush up. Okay, so so great family. So I'd go over there at once a month on a Saturday morning. Sometimes his wife had to work, so we got, we got to have a lone time, nine ten o'clock, and we just got there, and we had coffee all the time, and we'd just open up and share things with each other. And Freddie, you know, he opened up to me about something he was going through. He had um, uh, met a new Um, barber or beautician and it was his old girlfriend his old sweetheart from high school and things began to escalate and he's telling me this and so i say now listen i said you know what's going to happen you're going to lose your family and i i I flat out leaned across the table and i said you're going to lose your family i'm speaking truth that's what we always say i'm speaking truth into you Well, what I'm talking about this morning is speaking truth into us. So I leaned over the table. I said, listen, you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your kids, your boys. I promise you, they'll have a hard time getting over what you're going to do if you don't stop to your wife, to their mother. And I literally spoke truth into him. And I quoted this verse. That that pleasure you're feeling, it's not going to last. And sure enough, it didn't. But I I told him that right across the table. He didn't listen. He didn't speak truth to himself. And guess what happened? I mean, the, the joy. I'm back in high school again. The overwhelming feeling pulled him in, and sure enough, he committed adultery. Wanted to run off with her. Guess what? She wanted nothing to do with him. He calls me a few weeks later. His wife wants him out. She's angry. She hates him. Five years later, he still hasn't seen. Now listen, his grandchildren after this incident. His boys hated his guts. What am I saying? He didn't speak truth. He didn't speak truth. Can you identify? Yeah, we all do. So before you jump in, speak truth. This pleasure is not going to last. It's fleeting. It's definitely fleeting. So speak truth to yourself when you're weary with temptation. Number two, speak truth to yourself when you're weary of waiting. <laughs> uh, we're all there, amen. We're praying for something, and God just doesn't show up when we think he should. Are we're pleading with God to answer our prayer. We need his power. We need his presence. We need him to move this mountain. And he's waiting. And he's waiting. Nothing's happening. What's the temptation? Us to jump in and do it ourselves, right? How many are like me? You just don't have that much patience. Anybody like that? Everybody awake out there? All right. We are all that way. We we need more patience. Hope, don't pray about that, but we need more patience, all right? So I'm going to show you a verse in Isaiah 40, okay? Look what it says here. But those who trust, and I like the word wait better, okay? King James says wait. Those who wait in the Lord will find new strength, okay? They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not faint. They will uh, walk weary and roll walk in not faint okay got turned around there okay so so the idea is this if you wait you're going to get these promises if you jump in too soon guess what you won't get them you're going to make a mess you're going to make a havoc of the situation so the point is when you're weary with waiting on god to come through with his answers Speak this verse over and over and over to your head. Like Joseph was saying to himself, she was unfaithful, she was unfaithful, but the angel said, okay, I'm going to believe the angel. I'm going to believe the book. I'm going to believe the divine revelation over what I feel, over what people are saying, over what I'm thinking. I'm going to believe. Speak truth, grab a hold of it over and over and over, and it will give you confidence, and it will set you free. Number three, just, just areas that we can grab a hold of this. When you are weary with doing good and nothing seems to take place. Nothing seems to happen, Lord. I'm giving, I'm tithing, but nothing seems to come back. You promise. where's it at? Especially Christmas time, amen? You spend on, you, you got to run out and get your wife one more present because you heard she had five presents for you. And now you got to match that. Can I hear an amen? How many are done? How many still have to finish up? Just one, two. Well, there's a bunch of you. Whoa, baby. Can I just give you a little bit of peace, a little little advice? Start earlier. Especially if it's for your wife. Lots earlier. You run out today and get a present, (laughs) it ain't going to work. Especially if she knows about it. She knows you're running on Christmas Eve. Just apologize now. (laughs) All right, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just running around. But this is our family room, right? I can can just ramble. All right, okay, doing good. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 says this. Be not weary, or let's not get tired of well-doing. The King James, again, says weary, what is good. At just the right time, we will reap and god has this perfect time we will reap a harvest of blessings and here's the big if: if we don't give up isn't that good if we don't give up all right number four okay when we are weary with hurting we're when we are weary like jeremiah and it's just it's aching it's it's like a time in your life that you will never forget every one of us have those those kinds of memories in our heart, and our mind. We're going through something that's devastating. Okay, you're hurting. And you're weary with hurting. You need to speak the truth to yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse th- 13. Uh, what am I simply saying? I'm just simply saying this. For every situation you go through, there's a truth. There's a truth that will give you hope, that will give you confidence, and turn that weariness into rejoicing. This book is full of truth that can change your total perspective of what you're going through. Isn't that good? Man, we don't have to go through this devastation. We don't have to be down like Jeremiah. We can be just like him. We're going through it. One time, will give you an illustration of this because we got plenty of time. Okay? Except for you guys that need to go out and get a present. You're in trouble. All right? All right. Um, David has 600 men. All right? He's got 600 men. I'm just throw this out there. He has 600 men, and they went out to battle, and they were coming home. And they're, they're, they're off in their own little city, and this is the 10 years that, that David was running from Saul, if you know anything about the history of that. So he has 600 men. They're out battling, they come home. When they come home, they see smoke rising up from their city. So they come to the city, and all of these men and David, their wives are gone, taken captive by their enemy. Their wives and their children are gone. All of their possessions are gone. And their cities on fire burning. You know what they did? They dropped to their knees that very moment and began to weep and wail. Matter of fact, the guy said, it's your fault. And they were going to pick up stones to kill David. But right in the midst of all of that, I mean, you talk about devastation, Right? Right in the midst of all that, David, the Bible says, encouraged himself in the Lord. He remembered the promises of God and it brought him up out of that weariness. They went after their enemy. They, they brought back all of their wives, not a hair on them was touched, all of their children, all their possessions, and then they brought more possessions because their enemy, they took all their possessions. So it was an event that made them richer. God turned their weariness into rejoicing. Can you imagine that trip home, thinking that their wives are dead, and he had two wives at the time, thinking they're dead and their children are dead, and you're coming back and you're with your family? Can you imagine the joy? Turned the weariness into confidence and then into the experience of great delight and great joy. That's what our God does for us. If we remember And speak that, I I can't emphasize, speak the truth to yourself. Speak the truth. Last of all, when you're weary with unforgiveness in your heart, when you're weary with that anger, and you're weary with that bitterness in your heart, and you just are hanging on to it and you will not let that person go. He or she owes me an apology. She owes me. Well, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Verse 31, is it? Let's look at this verse. Be kind one to another, each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Okay, so verse 32. So, so. God tells us we need to be tenderhearted and we need to be forgiving one another. That's a command. But here's the powerful truth. You go back all through Scripture. If you hang on to somebody's hurt towards you and you won't forgive them and let them go, then when you come to God and you ask for forgiveness for your sin, which are plenty. Can I hear it? We, we, we mess up. Uh, We're people, so we're either upsetting somebody or they're upsetting us (laughs) because we're in this relationship. So when you go to the Father and you ask, Father, I need forgiveness, uh, he says, "Uh, wait a minute, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings up this person in your life. He says, no, I'm not going to cleanse until you first leave the prayer here, go over here, forgive them, then come back and I guarantee you if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And it cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a fantastic truth. So the truth is, preach yourself flaner, you want forgiveness, you better forgive. That's a powerful truth. It's powerful. In other words, we go through weariness. We need truth of God's word, specifically for that weariness. and it will change the weariness into hope, confidence. And rejoicing, so I'm just simply saying this: this Christmas story, O holy night, Jesus Christ was born, He went to the cross, he died that we might have abundant life. And when we make application to these truths, we can have joy, our bitterness, our weariness the weight of the world can be given to God when we speak the truth and remind ourselves of what that holy night did for us. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Okay, so that holy night when he came as a baby, he gave his life that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's, that's getting rid of the weariness. Well, we're going to have weariness, but he's going to turn that in. There's sorrow tonight, but joy comes in the morning when we grab a hold of the truth. It really does. It comes in the morning. Well, let's speak to ourselves truth. Let's have our heads bowed for a moment, our eyes closed just for a moment. Father, we just come to you this morning. Lord, how we are so, so thankful that you sent your son that we could literally sit here in our front rooms. This is our congregation, but our front room in our church. And, and just talk about these simple things. And, and Lord, just talk about how you came and, and, and how you were born for the purpose to die. That, that you might bring us to yourself. And the Father, not just that, that in this life we can have abundant life. All because you came that first Christmas morning. God, our hearts are overwhelmed with joy, overwhelmed with thankfulness. Father, now, just before we dismiss and we go home, Lord, there might be some people here that are weary, that are carrying a load, that that it's almost too much for them to bear. Maybe it's, maybe it's something, Lord, that, that we talked about, one of these five areas. Lord, I don't know. But Father, I want to pray for them. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking around. I want to pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're going through something, and it's weary, it's taxing. Maybe one of the five things, or might be something else. Heads bowed, no one's. I specifically want to pray for you. Okay. Heads bowed, eyes closed, and then I'm going to take you to the the throne. We're not going to embarrass you, and then we're going to sing a song and be dismissed. So this morning, if you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I'm weary. There's just something going on in my life, and I need God to show up and help me. Anyone like that this morning? Just lift your hand back down. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, hands all over. Amen. Anybody? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Real quick, just up and back. Yes, thank you for that hand. Yes, you may put it down. Anybody else? Yes, thank you for that hand. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? Real quickly. Up and back down. So let's all stand with our heads bowed. And I'm going to take those of you that raised your hand. I'm going to take you to the throne. And we're going to specifically pray for you. Jeremiah 33.3 says this. Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So we're going to take you to the throne, all of you that lift your hands, and we're going to ask God to show up and do great and mighty things in your life. Father, we just come to you this morning, and oh God, we lift up these, our family members, to your throne. And God, how we pray this morning that you would do a work in their lives, that that you would help them to turn this weariness into confidence and hope in you and into rejoicing. God, we pray that you'd work all of these circumstances out for your glory and for their good. God, just move in a a way that just blows them away. May they see and, and feel the demonstration of your power in their life. Oh, God, move and bless in whatever area. You know each one of them. God, bless. And we'll give you the praise, Lord. If there's anyone here that has never, never started a relationship with you, that never trust in what you did on Calvary as the payment for their sin, God, I pray they would come to me or some of the workers this morning, and that we could. That what a great time for them to be born into your family this Christmas season, this Christmas day. God bless. We'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing another song. The ushers are going to pass out uh, the offering plates. But let's sing Mary, Did You Know, one more time, and then we'll be dismissed. All right. God bless you, and Merry Christmas.